0: I'm Marianne Kolbisat McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Doug Howard, CEO of privacy and security consultancy Pandorans, about recent trends involving cyber insurance in the healthcare sector. So, Doug, I understand prices for cyber insurance policies are increasing but by how much and are some sectors like healthcare seeing bigger spikes than others and why?
1: Yeah, so in essence, since around December of last year, coming into 21, the rates have significantly gone up. Policyholders are seeing increases from anywhere from two to four times what they previously were paying. And in addition to that, the renewal rates, as well as the actual new policy acceptance rates has fallen drastically. And so prior to December of last year, there was nearly an 100% acceptance rate of any cyber insurance policy was, that was applied. The only exception would be somebody that maybe had a recent breach. Now we're seeing anywhere from 40 to 60% acceptance rates on policies as well as renewals that are coming. And specific to your question, what we've also seen is there are particular sectors, especially those around professional services and healthcare that are absolutely seeing more scrutiny given to their policy renewals and new policy uh, applications as well.
0: So Doug, what are some of the top reasons that you see when companies do get denied cyber policies?
1: The biggest change that has occurred in the industry and why it aligns to late last year is the significant uptick in ransomware. And ransomware, because it is the number one payout amount right now, specifically around paying the actual ransomware itself, but also the associated fees with that, so the breach expenses and so forth are driving the industry to make sure that their claim rates obviously which are now much higher are covered in both the probability of a payout as well as the actual fees that are recovered as far as policies to cover those particular risks that occur in the marketplace so ransomware by far is the new game changer in the marketplace that has driven these new requirements. And most of the applications that are submitted these days, whether it be a renewal or or a new policy submission, are really filtered out based on that one single thing, and that's a ransomware supplement. And a ransomware supplement is simply more questions that now the insurance carriers are asking, and they are specifically oriented around ransomware itself and the risk of you being compromised by ransomware and having to make a payout.
0: So with that said, what can healthcare entities do to reduce their cyber risk and improve their cyber insurance coverage? And related to that, back to ransomware, do they have to buy separate policies or separate sort of provisions within their coverage in order for ransomware issues to be covered?
1: It really comes down to three considerations. Number one, is going to be how well prepared you are for ransomware and your ability to answer the questions that are most critical to these ransomware supplements and ultimately to the risk that the carrier assumes that they will have associated with ransomware. The the second component of that is really around making sure your hygiene is better for all scenarios as well. Now, specific to the actual coverage of uh, ransomware and policies, it ranges. So you've got on one extreme companies now, insurance providers, that actually exclude any type of ransomware. And so... If you think about buying a cyber insurance policy and it not including ransomware, which is the number one compromise and the number one risk you probably have in the marketplace right now, then you would say, obviously, that's not necessarily worth a lot relative to the claims that it's covering and the ultimate risk that it's reducing. On the flip side, most carriers have not excluded ransomware. Rather, they filter those out either by, again, a lower acceptance rate of renewals and new policies. So... You know, now instead of 100 percent accepting everybody that that applies for a policy, now they're down to, again, 40 to 60 percent, which reduces risk because they're excluding those with the highest probability of ransomware based on their, again, ransomware supplement. And then second to that is also their ability to make sure that you're improving your security on a regular basis. And so what they're doing there is instead of saying, no, hey, I'm not going to give you cyber insurance, or I'm going to exclude ransomware, in this particular case, what they do is they lower the coverage of particular types of events, in this case, ransomware. So you may have cybersecurity policy coverage for you know, $5 million, as an example, but your ransomware coverage may be 500 k or a $1 million. And in those particular cases, that's where you have to show those carriers that you're making improvements so that that coverage of the ransomware slowly creeps up to be able to cover your actual same policy level as your overall cybersecurity policy as as a whole.
0: So how much influence do the cyber insurers have over whether a healthcare entity does pay a ransom and how much? And are the ransoms even covered under the policies?
1: Yeah, again, so to go back to kind of the the multi-part question here is if you get cyber insurance coverage you want to make sure that ransomware is included to the level that you're comfortable with and again and they're on the spectrum so anywhere from no i don't cover ransomware at all to it's a small supplement of it you know a sub coverage within the overall policy or again full coverage overall or a decline and so in those scenarios you want to make sure you have alignment to exactly how the process is going to work and so most of the insurance companies today Will suggest or require you to go through tabletop exercises and various other approaches that make sure ultimately you are able to get yourself recovered in the event of a ransomware. And those, the more prepared you are to deal with ransomware, the better off the insurance companies will see Specifically, on paying a ransomware. An insurance firm will never tell you whether or not they will or will not allow you to pay a ransom. That would be between you and your lawyer. Um, specifically, one is it legal? So, in other words, is the legal aspect of what you're going to make a payment on actually approved by the government? And there's all types of conditions today. There's groups that ultimately are not You're not allowed to pay ransom to in which are ultimately that list is controlled by our government, the U.S. government in this case. And so in that scenario, what you want to do is, one, make sure that if your breach code says, yes, you can pay it. Number two, that your payer, the person actually paying this on your behalf, is making sure that it is a not excluded uh, person from a list. So in other words, you're making a legal payment because obviously an insurance firm can never reimburse for an illegal payment. A valid question, however, to ask your insurance firm is if this is not an excluded payee, so in other words, not prohibited by the U.S. government, and if you make this payment, will you get reimbursed? So that's really the question because again, the ultimate decision is more of a legal decision, which insurance firms don't get involved with only to say that they will not reimburse for illegal payments.
0: Doug, we're seeing instances where ransomware attacks are allegedly being linked to patient safety. How does that play into the cyber insurance? Would a patient injury or death or a ransomware attack fall under a cyber insurance policy, a malpractice insurance policy? Some other liability insurance? What are you seeing? What are you hearing?
1: Yeah, so I don't know of a particular case where any type of life and death scenario has been covered by insurance policy specifically around cyber. That would be a legal question more so than anything. And so, you know, when it comes down to exclusion, there are lots of exclusions in cyber insurance carrier. Contracts. And so making sure that you've read through those to understand is consequential damage covered? Are there exclusions that are excluded from those that ultimately are pretty well outlined today? You know, five years ago, three years ago, and even a year and a half ago, they were not well outlined. But in current contracts, very often there are specific things outlined associated with that. And again, you know, in a particular scenario, there's a lot of different things you should plan around when it comes to a scenario such as that. If you're a healthcare provider, you have devices connected directly to humans that are impacted by or connected to cyber. In that particular case, doing tabletop exercises to understand those decision-making processes where human life or human health is impacted is a big element. In fact, one of the things that we've been advocating for about a year and a half now is focusing not only on the traditional risks associated with a business, so risk to revenues or your mission, risk to regulatory compliance, and risk to ultimately being able to deal with business impact are associated with a lot of elements that most businesses are used to dealing with. But in today's environment, where cyber actually impacts devices that physically can have harm to the human body, we ask that all of our customers really to consider it as your highest priority, is there a risk to human health or human life in each one of those connected devices? And so if you think about the consequential types of scenarios, not just directly connected, you would have something like the integrity of a healthcare record for what people are allergic to like penicillin and things that are used in everyday health that ultimately could impact human life if it was altered and then of course those things that are directly connected to human life i believe what you'll see over time is those types of scenarios as they actually occur in the marketplace and become more prevalent that you'll see those policies tighten down tighter and tighter and you'll see those things excluded if they aren't already in the policies that that people are receiving or businesses are receiving.
0: And finally, Doug, any predictions for cyber insurance trends moving forward into next year?
1: Yeah, I think the, the root of any trend specific to cyber insurance really needs to be looking at what the trends are in ransomware. And if you look at ransomware specifically, there is no magic bullet coming down the path that ultimately will make businesses better at defending themselves against ransomware. Most of it is hygiene, which, you know, hygiene, unfortunately, is hard. Most businesses don't do it patching systems, multi-factor authentication, deploying EDR, none of these are ultra expensive or ultra hard to deploy, but they are things that most businesses unfortunately don't do and therefore ultimately lead into most many, if not most businesses being impacted by ransomware. So my prediction would be, you know, throughout 22, you will see continued penetration of ransomware across multiple sectors. We do see some trends associated with smaller businesses being targeted rather than some of the larger ones that have historically been the major targets because those guys are spending more time, more money on the hygiene and ultimately protecting better on ransomware. So offenders, of course, are going to go to lower hanging fruit. And so I suspect that you will see a broader penetration of smaller businesses versus just the big headlines that you currently see, you know, in in primarily the end of 2020 and throughout 2021. And associated with that, that means that the insurance rates will continue to increase. The decline rates that we've seen in the past will probably increase as well to a steady 50-60% versus 40-60%. to And then you will also see businesses being better prepared to walk into a insurance policy renewal or insurance new policy by being able to answer those ransomware supplements better by doing all the right things, you know, the hygiene things I previously mentioned. So the bad news is it's not getting better in the next, you know, 18 months. Ransomware will continue to increase. Policies will be harder to get, both renewals as well as new then ultimately at the end of the day, you will be able to better prepare yourself as a business to deal with ransomware situations, which will you know, hopefully in 23, 24, start alleviating some of the pressure that's in the system right now.
0: Well, thank you, Doug. I've been speaking to Doug Howard. I'm Marianne Colbis at mcgee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for joining us.